Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of God's grace, which will empower you to change your world and live the overcoming life. Now, to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubinministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. And you see, the more that you get a revelation of who you are, the more Holy Spirit begins to make that real to you. Well, now what happens is is, is it's going to impact your behavior. Now transformation is going to take place. Now you find yourself in traffic and you're, you're like, well, before this used to bother me, I used to kind of get, you know, you just kind of like, you know, have some stuff coming out of my mouth, which wasn't my prayer language. It was just kind of this, this other stuff there. But you, you, it doesn't happen anymore because Holy Ghost has been working on the inside of you. The stuff you used to want to do, that weed habit, <laughs> you don't have the desire anymore all of a sudden. Holy Ghost has been working on the inside of you. You see, the law could never do that. Carnal ordinances could never do that. But the Holy Spirit, who has taken the place of the law, He will do that. Praise God. If you understand that, say Amen. Praise God. Now, let's look at a few more things here. Uh, let's, let's turn to uh, the book of Hebrews again. Chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. And I'll try to get some stuff covered here tonight, guys. Uh, Hebrews chapter 8, starting in verse 1. And ultimately, what we're going to get into is is really is 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 learning to live in the reality of Christ. You see, when you live in the reality of Christ, you're you're free from the from the burden of religion. You see, a person who's who's living still in the pattern of religion, you do all the religious stuff, but. Oftentimes what happens is a, a religious person will be able to say all the right stuff at church. You know, it's like, well, praise God, it's Sunday. Uh, how are you doing, Brother Alex? Praise God. You know, you do all that, but, but you're having difficulty applying what you hear in the Word, what you hear at church. You have difficulty applying that to your day-to-day -day life. Well, when you live in the reality of Christ, man, it just becomes your life, you see. You see, transformation, guys, takes place once this becomes your life. Not just a Sunday thing, not a Wednesday thing, it becomes your life. Hebrews chapter 8, starting in, in verse 1, uh, this is what he says. He says in uh, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, he says, Now the things which we have spoken, now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. He's getting ready to just break it down. This is what we're talking about. This is the bottom line. And he says, We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. He's speaking of Jesus. Look at verse 2. He says, A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. If you have your Bible, I want you to underline the true tabernacle. Now he's contrasting the true tabernacle 
with the physical tabernacle that they had in the Old Covenant. The tabernacle was the place of worship. The tabernacle was where they would offer up the animal sacrifices under the Old Covenant. Look at verse 3. He says, For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, speaking again of the Old uh, Covenant system, wherefore it is of necessity that this man, Jesus, have somewhat also to offer. And so he's comparing the priests of the Old Testament and the animal sacrificial system of the Old Covenant. He is comparing that, contrasting that with Jesus. Look at verse 4. He says, For if he were on earth, again speaking of Jesus, he should not be a, a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. Now look at verse 5. He says, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, speaking of the law, speaking of the priesthood, the, uh, the, the, Levi the, the Levitical priesthood under, under the Old Covenant. He says, they're offering a service which is unto the example and the shadow of heavenly things. So the Old Covenant sacrificial system is an example and a shadow of heavenly things. And he says, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee on the mount. Now, what is he saying? He is saying that the physical tabernacle that was that was of the physical tabernacle, amen. He's saying that the old covenant physical tabernacle was an example and a shadow of the heavenly things, and he's saying that God actually showed to Moses what what what, what Moses saw. He say he says the pattern showed to thee on the mount. That's referring to when Moses was on on Mount Sinai with God for forty days and forty nights. Uh, well, what this is saying is is that 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 Moses was shown a pattern of the heavenly things in 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 in, in his time with with God. Look at this in the uh, Amplified translation, verse five in the Amplified. Verse 5 Amplified says, But these offer service merely as a pattern and as a foreshadowing of what has its true existence and reality in the heavenly sanctuary. And now catch me, now follow me, track with me. They were offering these animal sacrifices. They were doing all of, the, all of these, these rituals that were required of them. And he says here, that these were just a foreshadowing of something that has its true existence in reality in the heavenly sanctuary, praise God. He's talking about spiritual reality here, guys. And he says, for when Moses was about to erect the tabernacle, he was warned by God saying, see to it that you make it all exactly according to the copy or the model which was shown to you on the mountain. And so what this is saying is when Moses was with God on Mount Sinai, God showed to Moses a pattern of spiritual reality. And this word pattern translates a model or a visible representation. And so the physical tabernacle of the Old Covenant is a model or a visible rep representation of something 
that has its reality in the unseen realm, that has its reality in the spiritual realm. Are you guys following me? You see, this is something we don't hear about a lot in churches, unfortunately, is spiritual reality. You see, this new covenant, what Jesus has done is, is he has, has redeemed us out of this pattern of religious performance, types and shadow, and he's brought us into spiritual reality, the reality of his finished works. And so the question is this, question is this, guys, what did Moses see? when he was with God on Mount Sinai. You see, Moses was up there with God. He came down from the mount. His face was glowing because of the presence of God. And that's when he began to construct, you know, give these specific instructions on how to build the tabernacle. And so what, what, what did Moses see? What is the, the question is this, the question is what does the tabernacle Represent what is the reality of the tabernacle, guys? You see, what I believe is, I believe that Moses saw a whole lot of things when he was up there with God. In fact, one thing I believe, by the way, guys, is, is that Moses must have received uh, revelation on the book of uh, on the book of Genesis when he was with God. Most people believe that Moses was the author of, of the book of Genesis. Well. How did he receive that? Well, I believe, and I can't prove this from scripture, but this is just something I've come to believe, is I believe that, that he received the book of Genesis when he was with God on the mount for those 40 days and 40 nights. And so Genesis came as a direct revelation from, from God to Moses. But another thing that I believe Moses saw up there was I believe that Moses must have seen an image or a picture or a figure of a born-again New Covenant believer. Praise God. Brother Alex, why do you say that? I say it because the tabernacle of the Old Covenant, guys, actually represents the born-again believer. You see, what you got to understand about the tabernacle is that... Um, and I almost kind of wish I had a like a picture of it that I could show you. But what what the tabernacle that the way the tabernacle was set up was that there were three parts. There was the outer court, there was the holy place, and then there was the holiest of all or the holiest of holies. And so, how many know, guys, that what we are made up of is is three parts? Man is spirit, soul, and body. You see, what you are is, is a spirit. You're not your soul. You're not your body. Your soul is, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your body is, is this, uh, this earth suit. But what you are is the spirit. And so spirit, soul, and body, three parts of the born-again believer, three parts of the, of the uh, tabernacle of the old uh, covenant. And so you see the, the, what this, how this breaks down is, remember, types and shadows, guys. Types and shadows. Everything you see in that old covenant is is a, is it, it, it was reality. It existed. You see, here's what I want you to understand: types and shadows doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that there never was a physical tabernacle. No, guys, there was a physical tabernacle. <laughs> you see, history records that. We know that, and and so there was an actual tabernacle that they built that they had. 
But that tabernacle was just an image. It was just a figure. It was just a representation of the true tabernacle, which is the born-again believer. You see, the outer court, guys, represents the physical body. The outer court of the tabernacle, everybody had access to. There was public worship going on. It's, it's the body. That the, it's the body, the outer part of us, you see. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, the, the, whole, the holy place... The holy place represents the soulish realm. You see, what would happen in the holy place is, is that that's where they would have the daily sacrifices going on. That's where priests would come in and offer up the, the daily sacrifices. But then the holiest of all guys, the holiest of all, you see, that's where they would do the yearly sacrifice. The holiest of all, and the tabernacle was behind the veil. It was it was behind uh, the, the the all the other areas, and so it was it was cut off in a sense, and nobody was allowed to go into the holiest of all except for the high priests. They would go in once every year, and they would go in to offer the yearly animal sacrifice, the yearly blood sacrifice. Well, what is that representing? You see, the holiest of all represents the spirit, the spirit part of us. The holiest of all really represents a couple of different things. It represents the spirit. It also represents the presence of God. In fact, you can look at this in uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse uh, 24. The holiest of all represents the presence of God and the fact that nobody was allowed to go into the holiest of all except for the high priest's guys. What that was representing was it was representative of the fact that because at that particular time nobody could get born again because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. Uh, what, that, what that meant was that people were still spiritually separated from God. People were still spiritually cut off from God because of, because of the sin nature. And so they weren't allowed to go into the holiest of all because, because they were cut off from the presence of God. Are you guys following me? We're getting a little deep here, but guys, this is Wednesday night. Amen. <laughs> this may be a little bit too deep for Sunday, but but this is this is this is our Wednesday night Bible study, and so um, and so uh, the, the 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 priests would go in once a year, and they would offer the yearly sacrifice, which we know was a type and a shadow pointing to the finished works of Jesus. Now look what he says here in Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty four. He says, for Christ, he's comparing him now again, Jesus, the high priest of the new covenant. He's comparing that with the priesthood under the old covenant. Now he says, Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true glory to God, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. You see, the priests under that old covenant would go into that uh, holiest of all once a year to make the yearly sacrifice or glory to God. The reality of that is the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. You see, what Jesus did is he, he shed his blood on the cross, glory to God. He shed his blood and then what he did was he took his blood into the holiest of all, but not the figures, guys, not the types and the shadows, but the real holiest of all, which is heaven, which is the presence of God. And so what he did was he now, you see, what happened was after Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. 
signifying that the veil that was separating man and God spiritually was no longer there. And so in other words, because of the finished works of, of Jesus Christ, glory to God, that veil was torn down. And as a result, all of us now not only have access to God, but no, remember, the, the holiest of all also represents your spirit. And so what that, what that means is, guys, is, is, Praise God, Lord, help me to, to word this right. Thank you, Lord. What that means is, you see, the holiest of all represents your born-again spirit. It also represents the presence of God. And so, Jesus having torn down that veil means that now... In your born-again spirit guys how many know that you have become the born-again believer you are the tabernacle of God you are the temple of God you are the, 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 the dwelling place of God and so what that means is is that God the presence of God you don't look for the presence of God out there anymore you see Jesus said there's a time coming where, where people will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. How do you worship Him in spirit and truth? Well, you worship Him in spirit and truth by recognizing that He has taken up residence on the inside of you. Praise God. You see? You see, God dwells in your born-again spirit, the holiest of all. Holiest of all also represents heaven. And so what I'm saying is, you're so concerned, some of you are so concerned about, am I going to make it to heaven when the truth is, guys? Praise God. If you are born again, heaven has taken up residence on the inside of you, child of God. You see, you got God dwelling on the inside of you. You got that tabernacle on the inside of you. You got the holiest of all in your born again spirit. That means you got heaven dwelling on the inside of you, you see. And so and so this is why every blessing in this new covenant is is tied to the Holy Spirit because the very moment that you received the promise of the Spirit, the very moment that you got born again, Heaven took up residence on the inside of you. God took up residence on the inside of you. And so now it's not about you trying to become something that you not already are. No, it's about you living in an intimate fellowship with Him. It's about you trusting the Holy Ghost who's working on the inside of you. And what He is doing is He is enabling you. He's showing you, first of all, who you are in Christ. And He is enabling you to live out of who He has called you to be. Are you guys catching me here? Praise God. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. We're in chapter 9 already. Let's go down to verses uh, 6 through 10. And... Uh, it is kind of warm again here, guys, just by the way. It's um, so um, California, amen. California weather, praise God. <laughs> and, and so what I want you to see is, is, thank you, Lord. What I want you to see is, you see, the old covenant, types and shadows, was about what you had to do. It was about rituals. It was about performance. 
The reality, however, is is no longer that. The reality is, is, is the Spirit on the inside of you. is God living on the inside of you. Now look at what he, what he says here. I, I want to show you this, this contrast here in Hebrews chapter 9, and, uh, verses, starting in verse 6, which I think is really going to make it, um, make it clear to you. Uh, he says in verse 6, speaking again of the animal sacrificial system, he says, Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. The first tabernacle is the holy place. That's what. Uh, that's where the daily sacrifices were taking place. Now look at verse 7. But into the second, speaking of the holiest of all, into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. Look at verse 8. This is what I want you to notice. He says, the Holy Ghost this signifying. And so the Holy Ghost was signifying something through this animal sacrificial system. Here's what he was signifying. He says, the Holy Ghost this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as yet that first tabernacle was standing. And so hold on. You see, they, they went into that, that the high priest once went into the holiest of all, but he says the way into the holiest of all was not yet standing. Look at it in the, in the Amplified. I want to look at verse 8 in the Amplified. It makes it very clear. Amplified says, By this the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the true holy of holies, the true holy of holies, is not yet thrown open as long as the former, the outer portion of the tabernacle remains a recognized institution and is still standing. And so, in other words, the true Holy of Holies, guys, is the Spirit. It's, 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 it's you. You enter into the true Holy of Holies. Someone says, well, Alex, we enter into, into the Holy of Holies when we go to heaven. No. This is the other thing that religion does. Religion tries to, to move everything into the future. You know, in, in, in the sweet by and by, you know, when we go to heaven, then all this is going to be true. No, what I want you to understand is you serve a right now God. Heaven has taken up residence on the inside of you. Now, there is an actual physical uh, going to heaven. You are going, going to be going to heaven. I'm not, not denying that. But what I'm saying is, is that heaven, the kingdom, has already taken up residence on the inside of you. Nothing is more important in the life of a believer than your personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus Christ. Principles are important, yet the strength and the empowerment in this Christian life come out of your personal walk with Jesus. Now to learn more and to access other resources that will help you to grow in your walk with the Lord, visit alexrulettministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit alexrulettministries.org forward slash give. And perhaps you're listening to me today and you've never made the conscious choice to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I want to give you that opportunity. You see, this is not about you cleaning up your life. This is simply about you purposing in your heart, deciding in your heart to believe. And so simply repeat this out loud after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe Jesus is the Savior of the world. I believe he died for all of my sins. 
I believe he was raised again on the third day. And now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I make you the Lord of my life. Teach me how to live for you. In Jesus' name. Friend, if you have prayed that prayer for the first time and you have meant it, you've just given your life to the Lord. You've just gotten born again. Now, I want to encourage you to let us know. You can go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash new beginning. There's a form there where you can email us. Let us know you just gave your life to the Lord. We want to celebrate with you. We want to give you some additional information and resources and really provide you with everything you need to fully step into this life of victory in Christ. And so friend, we look forward to hearing from you.